it's going right. Okay, this is for my Immigrating to Michigan Across Time Project Complex Multimedia Package um, with Eileen, Jake, and Jada. And I'm interviewing John Chisholm, and he's going to tell us his journey to immigrating to Michigan. So, John, if you could tell me the country and the year you immigrated to Michigan and just the process that you went through, like the paperwork. Okay. Um, <coughs> well, how I ended up coming to Michigan really was like I, used to, I was an export sales and a company here in Detroit often was starting up a, a new sort of automotive aftermarket company and they, because um, that was a business I was in. And um, so they offered me a, a job. Um, I was on six months notice on my company in the UK and um, so it was six months before I could even come across. And What year was that? This is 1979. In what part, from part the UK. of uh, England? I came from the, uh, at that time I was actually living quite close to London and I had a house and um, I wasn't married. And um, so I had to sell the house and, you know, come, come, come to Michigan. I didn't really think all that sort of, didn't really think it through all that much. And I was young and I thought, well, you know, what's the problem? And uh, so then I came out on, I don't know what kind of visa I was on, but uh, I had to go through this process of applying for a green card. And so every literally every sort of, I don't know, two or three months I had to go back to the UK and then come in again and go back again and come in again. Unfortunately, they they hired an attorney who really didn't know much about immigration. He was a sort of corporate attorney. But anyway, um, so I went through this process of very complicated process called advanced parole, which meant that once I was at a certain stage, uh, to leave the country, I had to go through a, a very complex paperwork type of process, and um, uh, which was actually quite amusing because when I arrived at the at Detroit airport, it would take the paperwork so long to get from Detroit airport to my immigration officer that they gave me a separate copy to put in the mail directly to him. Otherwise, I couldn't leave again because nothing to say that I'd come back. Anyway, um, you know, but I went through the usual process of interviews and uh, medicals and eventually got a, a green card. And um, I, at that time, I was working in Troy and I rented an apartment in Sterling Heights, which is where I met Kathy. And then I, um, with the money I made from selling my house in the UK, I, I put a, you know, I assumed a mortgage on the house I still live in today in Clawson. I'm sorry, what what year was that again? 79. 1979. And then uh, what problems as far as paperwork did you did you have? Uh, uh, in other words, do you think the paperwork process today in 2019 is hard, harder or easier? Than it I, was back in 1979. Well, I, 
the only experience I've had of immigration since, obviously, is uh, renewing my green card. And it seems to be a lot better organized. Um, yeah, the, the basically, the attorney dealt with the paperwork. Um, but you had to, you know, the place would open at 9 o'clock, and you basically need to get there a good 45 minutes to sort of be able to get out of there sometime that day because it was, you know, it was very, very busy and it was first come, first served and you spent hours sitting around just waiting and waiting and waiting. Now they actually have, they've got a new office now in Detroit and they've got, uh, they actually have an appointment process. So now you have an appointment and, you know, it's, it's light years from what it was. Right. And also in those days, uh, they were pretty rude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I was treated okay because I was wearing a suit and I had an attorney with me, but I heard how they spoke to some people. Uh, you know, I was, I was asked, I remember once, whether I'd ever made a mistake, a, a, a misstatement on entering the United States of America, you know, and then I hear some poor guy next to me, have you ever lied <laughs> on coming into the United States of America? You know, I mean, right. it was a whole different uh, process, but now it's... Uh, my experience has been a lot, lot better. So I can only assume that the paperwork has maybe improved too, I don't know. Um, maybe because of the internet too, you know. Well, that's right, because in those days there was no internet. Right. And there was no really computerization like there is today. That's right, yeah, that's a good point. Right. So, you know, the whole thing is, is a, a lot easier. You can actually book your appointment online now. And, you know, so yes, that's a very good point, yeah. So are you a U.S. citizen? And if you are, what was that process like for no, you? No, I'm not a citizen. Okay. There's no advantage to me to become a citizen as a British citizen. Uh, the only disadvantage is I can't vote and I can't own farmland in Nebraska. Oh. Uh, and some other little That's quirky, a disappointment. <laughs> quirky things, you see? Uh, and the other big advantage for me is that when I go to, when I go across to the UK, which I do twice a year usually, is I can go in on my British passport very quickly as a British citizen instead of standing, instead of standing in line for forever with long lines of people coming in from other countries. And when I come back to the USA, I come in as a green card. I come in with the US citizens, so I get you know reasonably quick treatment either side. So is that. Considered dual citizenship is that no? Because I don't have American citizenship. Oh, I see. I see. Card. Oh. Yeah. Now, you've asked an interesting question because if I become an American citizen, uh, as far as the Americans are concerned, I have to uh, uh, swear allegiance to the flag and give up, you know, my British citizenship. But the British government doesn't recognise the American government. Uh, right to take my citizenship away from me. Oh. So uh, I can, you know, unless I go to the British consulate and say I want to renounce my citizenship, um, you know, I would actually have dual nationality. I'd have to have my fingers crossed behind my back or something, I don't know. Right. Um, but my kids both have dual nationality because under British law, if you register their birth within the first two years with the British consulate, they've they get a British birth certificate because nationality in England isn't... Uh, America's kind of... I don't know if it's unique, but it's unusual because in America, if you're born in America, you become a citizen automatically. Well, that's not true in other countries, a lot of most other countries. 
if, if you're born in the in, in UK, you get your citizenship from your parents. Oh, that's interesting. So if your parents aren't uh, British, you don't get British citizenship by just by virtue of being born there. Mm. And then another question, when you came to the United States, what did you miss most about leaving your country? Oh, um, it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be because the first thing is when you've been here six months, you never meet anybody you've known for more than six months. Um, so I think if I'd gone to Canada, I would have probably got homesick and gone home because it was sort of a mix between the two. But I just had to adapt. And um, so really still to this day, I miss, I miss the sort of uh, the British humour and the British culture because it's a different culture. You know, you grow up in one culture. And um, so particularly the relationship between men, which is largely based on, on humour and banter and so on, is very different in the UK. So uh, to this day, I really don't have any what I would call close American male friends. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. You know, uh, I have friends, but, 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 but that may be something to do with age too, because, you know, you form real bonding friendships when you're, when you're pretty young too. Right. So it might have a lot to do with that. But the big difference is the Atlantic has shrunk, because now, uh, literally, it's, it's crazy. You know, I can... I could call call my sister from a phone in my pocket, whereas when I first came here, I had a landline on the wall there, and I had to go through the operator, and uh, and then you got an echoing landline under the Atlantic, and you're oh. miles away. I see more of my sister living in America than I would if I lived in the UK. Wow! <laughs> you see, because when I go back, I stay with her, so I basically spend pretty well base myself on her house, you know, for four weeks a year. Mm -hmm. Well, who sees her sister for four weeks a year, you know? Right. <laughs> Unless they live next door or something. <laughs> and then I have a, a question. One thing I found interesting, I've interviewed people um, from Italy, Scotland, Iraq, and a few other countries, and I have a question. I thought it was interesting that all of them mentioned the difference in food oh, yeah. between their country and the United States. Um, did you find, when you uh, immigrated in 1979, did you find that also? Well, only to the degree, uh, yes, obviously there was some sort of you know, different emphasis. I mean, the food wasn't totally different from it is in the UK. What was different was... Uh, um, when you went to a supermarket, you couldn't just buy one shop. You got to buy half a dozen or something, you know. Mm -hmm. And because I was used to sort of just stopping in my car on the way home and the butcher and picking up a lamb chop or something, and you know, going home and cooking it. But I had to, to sort. Of, so the purchasing, the buying was all different. There was some difference in names, like a courgette was now a zucchini, and a, an eggplant was a was a. No, an aubergine was an eggplant and some mysterious things like that. Um, and then the other big difference, of course, was just the sheer size of, of portions that you got in restaurants. I mean, it was just sort of gluttonous. <laughs> right. It's a little better now here in America than it was. I mean, when I back in the 70s, it was gluttony was the order of the day. You know, you have this huge plate piled high with God knows what on it. 
But did you experience? I, I know one gal I interviewed. She said the fast food restaurants um, were just unbelievable to her when she got here because in her country, which was Italy, they didn't have fast food restaurants. Did you? And she said she found that very odd. Did you? find our fast food in the United States like odd or I I didn't um no I didn't actually because we didn't really have much in the way of fast food uh then and I don't think there's anything like the proliferation of pizza parlors and things even in America but now that there is now in 1979 um so uh what I the big change that I have noticed is that I, I noticed that people really didn't garden when I came here, and now many, many more people are into gardening. There was no sort of real garden centres, now the garden centres. Uh, the bars were all sort of back in the days of the uh, of prohibition, you know, in dark and, and no windows, and you couldn't sit outside. I mean, it was it was just it was really different in that respect. Right. Now, of course, it's much more European. You know, if you don't have outdoor seating, you, you've got to have almost outdoor seating if possible now. Everybody right. wants to stay outside. They don't want to be in a dark sort of black hole of Calcutta having a beer. But that's how it was here in the 1970s. So that was very different too. So what uh, what is the one thing you miss most about your country? Humour. Yeah, the humour. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the humor here is, uh, um, is so politically correct too at the moment. And, um, so yeah, definitely I miss, I miss the humor the most of all. Um, and just, I think having, you kind of know what you can say to people and what you can't, um, and, uh, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely... Uh, Did in, you in feel the, the same way in the 70s and now, the same way, the humor? Yes. Do you think it's just... Yeah, I, I would say, I, I would say now it's, it's kind of, it's, it's almost a nightmare. You can't... Um, uh, funny, I, I, I belong to Intonations and, and I had a, a big laugh of a, a, an African girl in... Uh, from the Cameroon, and it was kind of funny. It was so different because uh, she was the only black girl in the room, and I thought she was another black girl, but I knew it. she had a big laugh about it. You see, now here that could have been it was a bit of a faux pas. It could have been culturally, sort of, uh, you know, racially something. I mean, she just thought it was hugely funny, right? And um, and and but it was a faux pas on my part, um, but she was. You know, so what? You know, I mean, but here it's sort of so, I know, so uptight about everything. You know, you can't, we we, we sort of laugh at our differences. You know, if you're, if you're Welsh, you're automatically called Taffy. If you're Scottish, you're called Jock. And if you're Irish, you're called Paddy. And, and you know, and it's sort of, we joke about it, tease each other about it. But here it's, um, differences are sort of, um, I don't know. Sensitive. People are sensi the, sensitive. Yeah, maybe. That, yeah. they are the sensitive. I mean, I'm not talking about really being, you know, 
uh, just in normal sort of, again, that's part of humour. Or as my father would say, touchy, don't be so touchy. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I want to thank you for taking out the time to tell me about your journey to immigrating. Is there anything else that you would like to add? The other thing was that everything smelled different when I came here. The inside of cars smelled different. And so it was like, a, it, it was quite hard to, because I used to come to America and say, I, live, I like America, but I could never live there. And uh, <laughs> what was the difference in the smell? Like I don't know. It was just it just smelled different. It was a different material or different. I don't know, but uh, um, it it was different, um, and uh, it's. Uh, but you have to make a decision. Um, you know, not to keep comparing. You have to say, I'm going to take the best of both worlds. I think that's the advantage of being an immigrant as opposed to someone coming here for you know two years or something on business because they know they're going back. They have no need to adapt. And then they can say, oh, I don't like this or I don't like that or whatever it is. But um, And then after a while, because I've actually lived in America longer than I lived in the UK, uh, you begin to hear how people speak out of their culture in the UK and how people speak out of their culture in the USA, and you have a different perspective on it. Right. And you have, uh, so you think of yourself much more internationally than nationally. And because uh, I'm very much, you know, interested in people from other countries, and, and you know, I, I don't look at the world in terms of the USA or the UK or whatever it is. I don't wake up in the morning feeling like that. You know, I have a wildlife charity. I deal with people in Africa and Asia and so on, and and, and um, so, uh, you know, it's a question of really what your life, outlook on life is. Right. You know. Do you think you would ever go back? And live in England permanently. I, I, I don't know. It's not something I think about. I, I, economically, it would be very difficult to do. Um, I, I, I would certainly think of going to Europe. You know, I might uh, go to Spain or somewhere, um, rather than the UK, mainly because of the weather. <laughs> and, you right. know, and being in Michigan, you don't want to get out of it. So, what ideally, what I like to do, quite honestly, is you know, spend the winters in Europe and the summers in, in Michigan, because Michigan's great climate in the summer. Right. And, um, and my kids are here, so you know, they've got no real reason to move back. Um, I suppose the, the, the um, uh, you know, fortunately at the moment, I, you know, I, if it probably had a severe medical condition, I might if I've got, you know, reasonable insurance, I might be forced to move back because that's the killer in this country, um, you know, because we, we have a medical system that, quite frankly, is a disgrace. And um, so, you know, that's the... I didn't even think about those things when I came here. You know, of course, I had corporate medical coverage and all of that. And... Um, but, um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I just the best of both worlds. Well, I want to thank you, John, for taking the time to help me with my project. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. No, thank you. So how did your first project go along? <laughs> <laughs>